This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Derek Armstrong and Word of Grace Community Church. For more information, please visit WOGCC.com. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but, but I love you guys. You guys are awesome. <laughs> I really do. I love our church family. Amen. Our church family is just... Thanks, Wayne. Um, I mean, you, you, you guys just warm my heart. I, I, when I think about you, when I, when I think about the unity in this church body, when I think about what God is doing in your hearts, when I think about the, the blessing that, that each one of us are to one another, we had a wonderful time at our men's ministry yesterday. And then we, I, I know the ladies had a great time at radio. I wasn't there. I'm not allowed. But um, if they have really good food, I might sneak in, though. So I always need to ask what the menu is every, every time. But no, I know that God's doing just some fantastic things in those areas as well. But man, people just genuinely doing life together, just enjoying being together. I just think that's so special. And I've grown up in church my whole life, and I thank God for that. But at the same time, I've grown up in a lot of uh, dysfunctional church environments. And uh, to see a church that is just healthy and just where people are loving each other, it blesses me because it helps to model what can be. Amen? And when we're not perfect by any stretch, I'm not a perfect pastor, we're not perfect, you're not perfect, I don't know if you're aware of that or not, but, because uh, <clears throat> I'm not perfect, because I, I forgot to announce to dismiss the kids, because Pastor Steven's back there waving at me, so if you're, if you're, in, uh, if you're in 180 JV, go ahead, you're dismissed. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, we're not perfect by any stretch, so I'm not making any claim of superiority or, or, or perfection with our church, but, but there's something special here in this congregation. And I just thank God for what he's doing. Amen. Amen. We need to make sure that we always fight to preserve what God has led us through and where he's led us to. Because the enemy would love to try to drive wedges of offense, try to drive wedges of all sorts of little things that may try to come in and sneak in. And we need to be people who are watchful, people of prayer. Amen. We need to be people who are guarding our own hearts against those things so we can preserve what God has led us to. Amen. Because he doesn't want us to falter. He wants us to only grow from this point. So I think it's wonderful, the church environment that we have. I thank God for that. I thank God for you. But at the same time, for us to just get lazy during those times where we would become prey. The Bible says the, the, the enemy, he's like a roaring lion. He's seeking whom he may devour. And if you look at that scripture in context there in Peter, what he's saying is that people start thinking higher of themselves than they should. And then all of a sudden offense comes and people begin to let pride get in the way. So we need to make sure that we're people of prayer who are walking humbly, remembering our need for Jesus. Amen. Amen. And never forgetting that. Amen. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. We're going to kick off a new series this morning called His Voice. Lord, I thank you for this day. Thank you for the wonderful time that we've had so far just in worship and in honoring our veterans and also just uh, celebrating, God, your goodness and what you've done in our hearts and in our church family. We, we give all the glory and all the praise to you for that. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you that your word is that seed that can penetrate even the hardest of hearts, Father. And I pray that it does just that today. And I pray it would fall upon good ground. And I pray that it would produce an awesome harvest in our life that would affect us. But it would also affect our marriages, affect our families, affect our our workplace, affect the people that we come in contact with. Even today, if we go to a restaurant or or if we go shopping or whatever the case, Lord, just in our day-to-day activities, we know that your word has the power and the potential, Father, to show others that love and truth in us and through us. And we thank you for that grace today. We thank you for your word. And we thank you that you're going to do in us and through us exactly what you want to do today. We give ourselves to you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. The title of my message this morning, if you're taking notes, is called, You Can Hear From God. 
Oh, I, I, I don't know. Did you guys fall asleep during my prayer? Was it too long? I'm sorry. I said, title of my message today is, You Can Hear From God. <clears throat> oh, okay. <clears throat> Woke up a little bit there. Now, now what I, why, I, why I say that is because so many times people are unsure if they can hear from God for themselves. People don't know. How do I hear from God? How do I know that it's Him leading me? How do I know that it's really His voice and not just some idea that I came up with? And so a lot of times, because of our feeling of inadequacy and insufficiency for that relationship and hearing from God, we'll depend on other people to hear from God for us. The danger in that is that we often begin to trust in man, and then when man falls, all of a sudden we go, oh my goodness, what in the world uh, is this whole Christianity thing about, this whole God thing about? Because we thought that this person was speaking to us for God, but God says, no, I want you to speak to me yourself. I want you to have a relationship with me. We talk about relationship with God a lot here at Word of Grace. For you to have a relationship with somebody, you've got to talk. I, I don't know if you understand that dynamic. Maybe I'm blowing minds right now. I mean, dropping truth bombs everywhere. But for you to have a relationship with anybody, there's got to be some form of communication that happens between you. It can't all be one-sided. I don't know about you, but if you have a relationship with somebody that all it is is ask, 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 beg, 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 ask, ask, beg, beg, I'm going, uh, that's not a two-way street, right? It's just me asking. And sometimes we only go to God to ask, and we only go to God with petitions. We only go to God when there's crisis in our lives, and then all of a sudden we want to hear from Him. But God says, no, I want a two-way street where you're speaking to me and you're listening to me and we're having relationship and growing in uh, getting to know who he is. So if you have your Bible, go to John chapter 10. <clears throat> John 10 and verse 27. Jesus said this. He said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice, and it says that I know them, and they follow me. God wants you to know his voice. He wants you to know when he's speaking to you and leading you. And he does this through a lot of different ways. God wants you to hear his voice through his word. We know that we can always hear the voice of God through his word because the word is alive. It's not just a book, right? The word is alive and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It's quick. It's powerful. And it divides. It begins to separate things. The Word says it, it separates soul and spirit. It begins to divide between the perfection of who God is on the inside of me and the collection of my mind, my will, and my emotions. So that way... I don't exalt my thoughts above God. I don't exalt my will above God. And I don't exalt the way I feel about things above God because the Word is the one that separates those things. And I can know what God is speaking to me because I'm seeing His truth unveiled in His Word. And He's actively speaking to me. One of the coolest things that I think happens as a pastor is when I get to talk to you after service... And you'll tell me what you got out of the message, and I'll go, that's interesting because I didn't even think I preached that. I, I don't even think that I said those words. Because, listen, you can have uh, 200 people in a room together, and they can all be hearing the same thing come out of my mouth, but hearing different things. Because the Lord is speaking to you through His Word. That's why when I pray for you and before, before I come out and preach, I always pray, God, help the Holy Spirit in us 
to be that filter for us that will help the situations in our lives and help the circumstances in our lives begin to be that filter so it will be applicable and relevant to where we're at and what you want to speak to us. Because even though I may be seeing the same words, depending on where you're at in life, you're hearing something that could be totally different from the person sitting next to you. And that's one of the ways that God will speak to you because He's wanting to knock on the door of your heart. He's trying to move you to action or move you to repentance or or move you to reconciliation or move you to understanding grace and who you are in Christ. Whatever the case may be, He's trying to divide with His Word between the way you think, the way that you want to do things, and the way you feel about things and say, no, this is how I want you to feel about it because this is how I see you. This is my character. This is my will. This is my desire for you. So he's actively speaking to us through his words. That's one of the ways that he does this. He wants you to hear him because he wants to lead your life. He's only going to lead those, though, that are willing to be led. He's not going to rope us all up and drag us along for the ride. He wants to lead those who are willing to be led. Those who are willing to submit their ideas, submit their thoughts, submit the position of their heart to have a teachable spirit instead of an arrogant spirit that thinks I know everything. You know, that's, man, growing up in church, I have run into people and I have been this person, definitely, especially early on in ministry, where I thought I was at some elite level because of the teaching I sat under and the things that I knew and the things I could quote. I thought I was special. I had a gold star by my name. When God saw me, he smiled more than he smiled at other people. And that's what I thought. I I, I thought because of my knowledge that I had somehow this inside track with God that nobody had and all those poor other people in those other denominations, those poor, poor, poor people, God bless their little heart, right? And that's how I felt. And I think a lot of times we can quickly trust in our own knowledge or our own experience And then all of a sudden, I'm exalting my thoughts above the thoughts of God. So then I become unteachable. One of the greatest things that was ever told to me was by a youth pastor of mine when I was a young man. He said this. He said, Derek, he said, always be willing to give up what you believe for the truth. Always be willing to give up what you believe for the truth. Because just because you believe it doesn't mean it's right and doesn't mean it's true. Because there's a lot of voices out there, the Bible says, and none of them are without significance. There's a lot of different teachings out there. There's a lot of different ways that people would try to manipulate or misinterpret the Scripture for selfish gain or for materialism or for control or what have you. But when I look at the Word of God in context, God can speak to me and divide between the way that I've understood and the way I've heard and what He's actually telling me. Some of the biggest revelations I've ever received as a Christian have been through simply reading the Word of God and approaching it from the standpoint of God. I'm putting all of my experiences, all the teaching, all the training that I have come to know, I'm putting it out on the table and I'm saying, Lord, Your way, not my way. And when I approach the Word of God that way, I'm allowing Him to teach me instead of just trusting that everything that has been said to me is accurate and is biblical canon. Because I love Bob Utley when he came. Because one of the things he said every single time that he got up to speak to our church was he said, check me on this. If you were here, you heard him say that multiple times. 
And sometimes he would say, you know, I'm not 100% sure about this. And this guy is a theologian that's been studying the Bible for 40 years, and he has written commentaries on 59 of 66 books of the Bible. And he gets up there and says, I know enough to say that I really don't know. So instead of walking around with pride and arrogance, he's saying, God, I'm willing to give up what I believe for the truth if your word says otherwise. Because we all have our traditions. We all have the filter and, and, and the perspective of our family environment that we grew up in. Maybe you have denominational ties that taught certain things. Maybe you have certain experience uh, that, that you personally had. Let me tell you something, folks. I say this a lot, but I like saying it. It makes me feel good. And hopefully it teaches you something, too, because we need to remind ourselves of this. The Bible, God's Word, speaking to us today, leading us, trumps your tradition. Amen. This half got it. The Bible, the Word of God, trumps your tradition. Amen. Amen. The Bible, the Word of God, trumps Pastor Derek. The Bible, the Word of God, trumps the Pope. The Bible, the Word of God, trumps your favorite author, your favorite speaker, because too often we buy it hook, line, and sinker just because someone said it, and we don't do our due diligence to make sure that we're believing something because of what the Bible said and what God has laid out as ultimate authority. Instead, we trust that person as ultimate authority, and then their feelings, their emotions, their thoughts can get involved. We cannot just trust 100% that everything they say is completely accurate. The only thing we can trust 100% is the Word of God. Amen? Amen. The wise man built his house upon the rock. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. So when the storms of life came, the house that the foolish man built, it couldn't stand. You want to know why? Because it was built on something that changes. The sand changes. Things that I used to think five years ago, ten years ago, maybe even five months ago, maybe even five minutes ago, could be different than then. The things that I think, the way I feel about certain things, it changes. The things I want to do with my time as I get older change. I don't know about you, but you find yourself, the more that you get older and you realize that time is shorter, and I know that people that are much older than me, that they value those precious moments in life. And the things that maybe younger people take for granted, that they go, you know what, this is really special this time I get to spend with you. As to where I'm just thinking, oh, i got plenty of time, I'm going to live forever, right? A lot of times you think that, but the older you get, it begins to kind of sharpen that, that view of time. And you realize time is short and precious as it comes closer and closer to the end of our lives. And then we realize that. But the thing is, is that my value system changes along with that. What's important to me, what matters, it changes, right? So because those things change, they're not worthy to be trusted, Anything that changes and shifts, it's not worthy to be trusted because it means it's not perfect, right? So if I'm going to trust in the rock, if I'm going to trust in something that's solid, that does not change, it can't be my emotions, it can't be my will and my desire, it can't be my way of thinking. No, there has to be something higher and more solid and stable and consistent than my thoughts, my feelings, and my desires. Amen? So the Word of God divides... Between the way I feel, the way I think, and the things that I want to do. And I need to build my life upon the solid rock of God. Because He wants to speak to me 
And he wants to lead me. So we need to make sure that we're trusting him. Even the things that I say as your pastor. You need to check me on those things. Amen? Because as wonderful as you think I am. And as snazzy of a dresser that you may think that I am. My wife likes this shirt a lot. That has nothing to do with anything. I just wanted to make that comment. You need to read the Word of God for yourself because God wants to speak to you. Amen? Amen. And if the only speaking that God is doing to you is on Sunday morning, then you are going to be a lean Christian that when the storms of life come and when the things come your way, you haven't been proactively equipping and preparing and those things will do more damage than God wants them to do in your life. He wants you to be proactive in relationship with Him so that way when those storms come, because they're coming... You figured that one out yet? Yeah. They're coming. But what I've invested on the inside of me will rise up because the Bible says when the enemy comes in like a flood, that the Spirit of the Lord lifts up a standard against him, and that standard is his word. Amen. 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 Turn over to John 16. Hopefully you're still hanging out in John there. We'll just flip over a little bit to John 16. Let's look at uh, more ways we can hear from God and be led by Him. John 16 and verse 1 says this, These things I've spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I do not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. But now I'm going to go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me where are you going. But because I've said these things to you sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Huh. Have you ever thought about that? Jesus leaving is good. That sounds terrible, right? It's to your advantage that I go away. Why? He said, for if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin, because they don't believe in me. Of righteousness, because I go to my father and you see me no more. So he's going to be our our intercessor, our high priest. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things I want to say to you, but you can't bear those things right now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. He's going to glorify me. So this is how you know the criteria of the Holy Spirit speaking here. He's going to glorify me and he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. A little while you will not see me, and again a little while you will see me because I go to the Father. You see, here Jesus is talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit once he leaves in that spirit that regenerates us, that spirit of God that lives on the inside of us, that same spirit that we are baptized into his power for the work of the ministry and for going out and doing things for God and edifying the body as well. We see that this spirit, this helper, the Bible says, is our paraclete or our side aid that helps us 
to grow in what God wants us to grow in, to lead us into all truth, to convict us of sin, to uh, help us to understand our righteousness and our position in Christ. And his voice here we see in the scripture never contradicts his character. So understand that when we're hearing the voice of God, his voice is never going to contradict his character. Because one of the things Jesus said you would know that the Holy Spirit is leading you and guiding you into all truth is because there's not going to be any contradiction because he's only going to speak the things that the Father tells him to speak. And he's only going to do the things that are the will of the Father. And he's only going to do things that are going to bring glory to Jesus. He said he's going to glorify me and he's going to take what I have given you, he's, or, what is mine, and he's going to give it to you. He said, this is his job, this is his role, so he's not going to speak to you in a way that contradicts his character because the Spirit and the Word are always going to agree, amen? <coughs> a lot of times people know, how do I know if this is the, a voice in my head? Or how do I know that this is really God speaking to me? Well, he's never going to contradict himself, so that means I need to get to know God for who he is. The Word of God is that foundation of me understanding the character of God. Now, I believe that this Bible, this Word of God, is the revelation of who God is and His character to you and me. But guess what? I believe that once we leave this earth and we're spending eternity with Him, I believe there's going to be levels of God that were never even written about in these pages because I think He's bigger than 66 books. Amen. And I think that it's going to be an amazing thing to get to see God in His fullness. But this is what He's given us for now. So in the meantime, this... And we could spend all of our lives and centuries of our lives trying to discover who God is in the pages of this book and still be just skimming the surface, right? So it just shows you how big and awesome that our God is. But in His Word, I get to know His character. I see how He handles situations. I see what's important to Him. I see His value system. I see what matters to God. And when I know His voice, it's because I know His character. Because He's not going to speak out of character. You ever had a really good friend who you knew him really, really well and maybe that friend got falsely accused of something and you stood up for that friend? Have you ever had an experience like that perhaps? Or maybe that friend stood up for you? Why would they stand up for you? Why would they have your back? What is one of the things they would always say? Oh, I know him. I know her. They would never do that. Right? That's one of the things that they say. Oh, that's no, that's, that's out of his character. He, that, that's not him. You, you got the wrong guy. Yeah, that, that, that's not true because I know this guy. And we would go to bat for the people that we know and the people that we love because we know their heart. We believe that their intentions were, were good. And so we're like, no, you're, you're probably misunderstanding because if, if he said that, I, I've never heard him or her say something like that before. So, so that's way out of character. You see, if I know the character of God, then when... The Spirit is leading me and guiding me into all truth. I'll be that sheep that knows His voice because I know Him. He speaks to me. I'll go, wait, hold on a second. Is that in the character of God? Because the Spirit and the Word are always going to agree. So if I'm hearing that prompting in my heart, or I have that thought, I don't know how, how maybe God speaks to you personally, but I know that a lot of times I will just have thoughts just flood my mind that I believe are God-inspired thoughts. Maybe you have an experience like that. I, I'm not going to try to dictate for you the way that God has to speak to you and you have to have it this way because God does so many different things, so many different ways and we try to put Him in a box and I'm just not going to do that. Amen. Some 
people go outside and they just they, they, they look at nature and, and they just feel the very presence of God by just be, being in awe of His beauty. And some people connect with that. I think that God has so many different ways that He wants to connect with us that I don't want to try to isolate just those few that I've experienced because perhaps you've had different experiences. But I know for me that when I hear the voice of the Lord, that a lot of times He begins to uh, bring up things in His Word or things that He's dealing with me about, and those thoughts just kind of flood my mind. And there's something different than just my crazy pizza dreams or my crazy normal thoughts that I have when I'm thinking about random things. And sometimes I'm not even thinking in that vein, and all of a sudden something just pops in my brain, and I'm like, that's, that's God speaking to me here. I know there's something, and it's not going to contradict His Word because it's going to flow with His character. Amen? So when the Spirit of God is leading you and guiding you into all truth... He's going to do it in a way that is consistent with who He is. So that means you and I need to get to know Him for who He is. Amen? We need to get to know God for who He is, not who we want Him to be and not who we've told, been told that He is. Amen? I need to sacrifice those thoughts of what I want God to be and who I want God to be or who the world tells me God should be. Uh, who, who do we think we are? Who do we think we are trying to uh, ascribe for ourselves and define for ourselves who God should be, as if we could tell God how He should operate. I, I mean, are, were we there at, when the world was spoken to existence? You remember in the book of Job, when God chastises Job there at the end, He goes, who are you, buddy? Let me tell you something. There, there, there's some things that I believe will always be a, a mystery in this lifetime in the character and in the nature of God. I see it all throughout Scripture. Everybody wants answers sometimes, and some things just can't be answered. It, I just have to trust, amen? I just have to go, God, I, I don't understand, but I trust because I know you're faithful to your word. And what I do know about you, I know is worthy of my trust, amen? Because if he's leading me into something, it's not going to contradict his character. Another way that God leads me personally is just by, uh, I, I believe what the Bible calls us inward witness. And let me describe it to you the best that I can. Uh, oftentimes it may have something with, 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 with a gut feeling. That's the best way I can describe it to you. That I just know that I need to do this or I don't need to do this. Uh, I remember one time I was in um, a Taco Bueno. And if you haven't experienced Taco Bueno, I'm sorry. This, this, this northern taco stuff, it just doesn't work out. I mean, we need to pray and believe that we have some taco places. Lord, bring them up here in Jesus' name. Come on, open the doors, Lord, and bring them, bring them up here. But we had a place in the south called Taco Bueno, and it was one of my favorite taco places. And I was there one day. I didn't have a lot of money at this time in my life. And uh, so to get to go out to eat was a really special thing. And, 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 and it wasn't something that we did very often at all because we just couldn't afford it. But we had decided we were going to spend money and go out to eat. And here I am in this restaurant, and all of a sudden this man is in line in front of me. And all of a sudden I just had this knowing in my gut that God was leading me to buy this person's food. Has that ever happened to you before? Like you felt like you're supposed to do something like that? That's the experience that I had. I was just like, I know I got it. And I know that if I don't, I'm going to think about it all day and wish I would have. You know what I'm talking about? And I believe this was God leading me. So I tapped this guy on the shoulder. I swallow my pride. And I'm sitting here thinking, man, first of all, this was, this was supposed to be something special that my family and I were doing. And here I am. Gonna spend money on somebody else. That wasn't the plan, right? But I knew it was right. I tapped this guy on the shoulder and I said, Sir, I led off with this. This is a good way to lead off if you do something like this. I said, Sir, I promise I'm not crazy. <laughs> Which normally if you have to say you're not something, you probably are. So but <clears throat> I said, Sir, I'm not crazy. 
I said, but, and I knew God wanted me to say this. I said, but God just told me to, to buy you and your family's lunch. Because we can do a nice act and just buy it. Hey, let me buy that for you. But when you tack on God said, people are like, really, buddy? <laughs> That's nice. Hey, this guy's going to buy our food. Let's just play along with this God said stuff, right? <laughs> God's talking to this guy. I felt God was speaking to me. I felt that the Holy Spirit was leading me to do this. And I knew that if I didn't do it, that I was just going to go, oh, I missed it. I missed it, man. But at the same time, I obeyed that voice. And I bought the guy's food. And, and it was weird because when I bought his food, uh, he didn't say thank you. And I was like, you're supposed to thank me, you know. I feel entitled to at least a thank you or something. It was real weird. It was awkward. And uh, then I began to think, well, maybe God's trying to work something in my heart because I'm not doing this for me or for glory for myself. Because sometimes we do that. And that's wrong, right? And so God kind of checked me in my heart in that moment. So here God's just speaking to me, telling me to do this. And the guy let me buy his food, but man, that guy kept on ordering stuff. And I was like, Jesus, are you sure about this? I mean, I thought he was like going get, to get a number two, you know, and, and, and I, I don't know about the upsize and stuff, you know. I mean, and this guy just kept ordering, and it, it was pretty expensive, um, especially for me at that time. And, uh, and he goes and sits down with his family. I order my food. I go sit down with my family. And Holly, my wife, she said, what was that all about? I said, well, I told her a story, and she's like, oh, that's weird. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and, and, and we're sitting there, and then all of a sudden he gets up, and he comes over to my table. And he said, he, he just tears in his eyes. And he said, he said, sir, he said, you told me that God told you to buy my food. And I said, yes, sir, I, I believe that he told me to do that. He said, you had to say that, didn't you? He said, we just moved here about six months ago to this town in Texas that I lived in. He said, we just moved here about six months ago. He said, and I'm a worship leader at a church. He said, and our church is experiencing a lot of heartache. My family's not adjusting well to the move. And I've been wrestling with whether or not we were called to be here or not. He said, and this morning I prayed, God, I need you to speak to me today. And I need you to let me know that I need to be here because we're struggling right now. And if you've called me to be here, I know you're going to give me the grace to grow and to get planted and do what you've called me to do here. He said, and then you came over to me and said, God told you to. He said, God is speaking to you because he's wanting to speak to me. He said, we're going to stay here and dig in and we're going to get through this difficult time that we're going through as a family because this is where God wants us. He said, I just wanted to say thank you. And we get up a hug. It was, it was powerful. It was super powerful. And let me tell you this. This is, a, this is the other part of the story. I didn't get to order all the food that I wanted to order because I had to buy this guy's food, right? <laughs> I know exactly what I want when I go in Taco Bueno. I, I, got, I got it already in my mind. Matter of fact, I can still tell you to this day what I want when I go in. And I, didn't, I wasn't able to get it all. So I get up to go throw my, my food away, uh, my, my trash and stuff, you know. And uh, there's a, a postal letter, letter carrier. She comes up to me. She says, sir, uh, she said, uh, I ordered a few uh, tacos, and I can't eat them. i got to get back to work. i got to get back on my mail route. I promise. She said, I haven't opened these. She said, I haven't touched them. Are you okay with that? Would you like these? And I was like, sure. And I just get down. I sit down and just start bawling because, I mean, just how loving is our God to tap me on the shoulder and say, I got you. I got you. I got you. You see, he's just wanting us to be obedient because his voice is never going to contradict his character. 
So that's a way that God has led me in the past, that I, I have known that this is what God... And I think that sometimes He leads us in little things. We, we, we always love these big stories that are really awesome, really impressive. Oh, wow, somebody made a decision to do this, and it was a last-minute thing, and it all worked out. Oh, it's great. Well, He doesn't just start you off leading in those big things. He wants to speak to you in the little, everyday things in your life. One of the silly things that you might consider silly anyways... That God used to train me to hear his voice as a young, uh, young man. I worked in grocery stores. Um, man, when I went into other grocery stores that weren't the one that I worked in, if I saw something fall off an end cap or something, I felt like God was telling me to pick it up. I don't work there. I work over here. This is a competitor. Why am I even here? You know. But I felt that God was wanting me to do those things in those little things. You know those little areas that maybe you just think, oh, is that me? No, it's God saying, hey, I'm wanting you to know. I'm wanting you to care. I'm wanting you to show my love and my truth to the world, even in the little things, not just in the big things. Amen? So God speaks through his word. He speaks through the Holy Spirit leading us. And he speaks through others that are prompted by His Spirit. So God can use other people to speak to us. But let me give you a caveat here. No one can hear from God for you. Hold the phone. No one can hear from God for you. The only thing that they will do, perhaps, is God will speak to them and they will say something to you that God's already been dealing with you about. But if somebody comes up to you and they say, hey, brother, let me tell you something. I, I had a dream and I think you need to move to Africa, Russ. I think that's what you and, you and Lori, y'all need, to, y'all need to move to Africa. And you, I had no idea, but I respect Pastor Derek and I, I love him. So I guess, okay, here we go. We're going to Africa. <laughs> Don't do that. Okay? All right, thanks. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't, don't make those major decisions because someone said God said, but God hasn't even spoken anything to me about that. Oh, I guess I need to do it, though. Sometimes we put people up on a pedestal and we think that they're the voice of God for us. No, you can hear from God if His Spirit dwells on the inside of you. Amen? He's speaking to you and He will use other people for sure to say stuff to you that you may be like, I haven't told anyone that I've been praying about this. I haven't told anyone. That God's been dealing with me about that. And God revealed it to you. And he'll do those things to confirm his word. What he's spoken to you. Amen? Amen. So he speaks through his word. Remember, it's got to line up with his word. It's got to line up with what his spirit wants to do in us and through us. And then if others come to us, they can be prompted. And they definitely can be used to give us words that the Holy Spirit may reveal to us. That we may have no prior knowledge of. But it won't be to just tell you something that God hasn't already been dealing with you about at some level. Don't make a major decision. If, 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 I, if, if someone comes up to you and says, you need to move to wherever, or you need to do this or do that, man, you need to check that stuff, amen? amen. I would just say run, but <laughs> especially if they come up to you wanting money for stuff. Hello, somebody. God told me you need to give me $1,000. God told me you need to give me that vehicle. God told me, uh, God hadn't been dealing with me about that. I don't know. I'll go pray about that, and I'll pray for you. (laughs) The Holy Spirit speaks by convicting us and working us on our hearts to lead us to Jesus. And that's a continual leading to Jesus, not a one-time event. Amen? I believe there's that initial salvation where we come into that knowledge of Him, but I believe that the Holy Spirit is continually leading us to Jesus because how quickly can our hearts and our minds drift towards our own selfishness? 
We need to cling to the cross, amen? We need to cling to the work of grace. We need to cling to Jesus and say, Jesus, you are my hope. I never stop needing you. I never get to a place where I am an elite Christian and all of a sudden I figure all this out on my own. There is no classification of the love of God. He loves us all the same. He wants us all the same. And His grace and His mercy is sufficient for all of us the same. Amen. Regardless of your shame, regardless of your past, regardless of all the junk the enemy tries to regurgitate and throw at you, it does not matter. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. He, if, it, if it's condemnation, it's not God. If it's conviction, it could be the Holy Spirit. But He's doing that because He wants better for you. That means that sometimes you get a hard word from God. It's not always bunnies and fluffy and cotton candy, right? Sometimes you get a hard word from God. But that doesn't mean that's not done in love. But if it brings shame, that's not God. God's not going to shame you into do something. He's not going to go shame on you. That's not God. That's the accuser of the brethren. You need to remind the enemy when he comes who you are in Christ that I'm forgiven, I'm redeemed, and I'm free because I am no longer a slave to fear. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. Amen? Amen. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Amen? Amen. The Word of God speaks to us because it's alive, quick, and powerful. It divides between those things that are perfect and those things that are imperfect. And as part of me growing in sanctification through the continual washing of the water of the word. And he's wanting to lead us and guide us into all truth. So he wants to speak to you. He wants to talk to you. He wants to hear you. And, and I loved what Bob Utley said when he was here with us. He said, you know, oftentimes we feel like we're getting on God's nerves because we go to him with some of the same things over and over again. He said, you know that God is bigger than that. You know that God cares just as much the 20th time that he did the first time. You know that he just wants like a loving father for you to just tell him what's going on in your life. Because do you think he's unaware? He goes, oh, I didn't know that. Or yeah, I know. You told me like 30 times already. (laughs) Kind of getting on my nerves. No, God is patient. Amen? Amen. That's part of his character. And when I know him, I shouldn't feel... I shouldn't feel this shame about bringing those struggles, even if they're continual struggles, bringing those things to him and say, God, I'm, I'm bringing this to you again. And he's saying, I care about you and I want you to walk in my freedom and my forgiveness. Amen? The revelation of God's character empowers the believer to glorify him more. That's what it does. When we understand more of who God is, it empowers us to glorify him more. And if you look at scripture, it is a continual revelation of the character of God. We see that, that, that all throughout the Old Testament that God was revealed in certain ways. We, we see that He was revealed um, uh, through the Lamb that was offered as a sacrifice for the sins of the people on the Day of Atonement. We see that was a revelation of His character in His heart. We see His revelation of His character through the giving of the law. And we see God's perfection. We see His standards. And we see how wonderful He is and how perfect He is. And He's revealing little pieces of Himself. And that revelation is growing. And these things begin to build upon one another. And then God sends the prophets to give the foretelling of the coming of another revelation of who God is. And then when Jesus comes comes in the flesh, he begins to, dis, uh, to, to just take away all of our preconceived ideas about who we thought God was, and he begins to actually show us 
those prior revelations coming to fruition and showing us his character. Now let me show you who I am. That's why he said I didn't come to do away with the law, but I came to fulfill it. I came to show you another level of a revelation of what all of this means and who God's character and his nature is revealed through the man, Jesus Christ. Amen? And then we'll receive another revelation of God's character when we see him face to face. But God wants us to be continually growing in knowing who he is because the more his character is revealed to us, it empowers us to live lives that glorify him because I know my God. And I know who I am and I know how he loves me because for me to know who I am in Christ, I have to know who he is. Amen? The more I know who He is, the more I begin to know who I am. And my identity is wrapped up in Christ. Amen? It's not wrapped up in my past. It's not wrapped up in my struggles. It's not wrapped up in my present. And even my future has nothing to do with me, but it's completely dependent upon Him and what He's done and what He's going to do. Amen? Because I know Him. And I know He's faithful. So the revelation of that character helps me to glorify Him more here on the earth. We grow in understanding of the nature of God and it frees us. If we're willing to let go of poor understanding of the heart of God. God's character is not revealed by your feelings or thoughts on the matter. It's revealed by His Word. Amen? So here's how we can hear from God. I want to give you these before we go today. You need to read His Word. You need to trust and obey. Amen? Amen. So that means when I read something that may contradict my feelings or my thoughts, guess who wins? I'll give you a hint. Not you! Not me. The word trumps. Amen. The word wins. The word is the one that we trust in and build our lives and our foundation upon. And then we need to trust that and obey it. Even if it's a hard thing. Even if it's something that challenges something that we've thought of for a long time. We need to go, I need to submit to something higher than my thought. Amen. Second thing we need to do is pray. We need to get quiet. We need to listen. This is how we can hear from God. And we need to observe. How is God revealing himself to you? What is he doing? Maybe, maybe you'll have a similar experience of kind of what I talked about with my, my thoughts or with my, with my uh, feeling that I had that day in that restaurant. Perhaps you'll have something like that. I, I don't know. But I do know that if we try to put God in a box to hear from God the way someone else does, we're limiting God. That's what the prophet Elijah did after he was on Mount Carmel. Uh, he went and ran away because Jezebel, the king's wife, wanted, had a bounty on his head. He was afraid he was going to die after God just showed himself mighty. And then he started feeling sorry for himself. And then God took care of him. But the way God spoke to him, he was on the mountain of God, okay, where Moses received the Ten Commandments. And here he is on this mountain, and he's looking for God to speak to him. And the Bible says there came uh, uh, an earthquake, but God wasn't in the earthquake. Well, if you remember, there was an earthquake when God spoke to Moses. So he's thinking, maybe, maybe God will speak to me the way he spoke to Moses if I'm in the same place Moses is in. And then he said, then there was a, a, a mighty rushing wind. God wasn't in that either. And then there was fire. Well, well we remember the, the, the burning bush, God speaking to Moses. God wasn't there. He said, but then came a still, small voice. And then God began to give Elijah instruction that he needed to hear and a little bit of chastisement and reprimand that he needed to hear. But he said, don't limit me just because you're in this place for me to speak to you and deal with you like I dealt with Moses. Jesus healed a lot of blind people, but one blind person in particular, he spit on the ground and made mud pies and rubbed them in the the guy's eyes. He didn't do that every time, did he? No. 
Jesus didn't heal people the same way every single time. He touched that person right where they were at and where they needed to be touched and did exactly. Some people he just spoke to. They didn't even have to come near him. Some people he didn't even go in the house. He just talked to their buddy. Some people he actually physically touched. Some people he didn't. So we can't limit God. Amen? Amen. And we see that God hits us where we're at. So how is God revealing himself to you? Is it in that still small voice? Don't look for him to just do something the way you've heard him do something. Because a lot of times, folks, we try to put it in a can, we try to put it in a formula, and it doesn't work. It, it, it's not 10 steps, Pastor Derek's 10 steps, how to hear from God, okay? It, it's not, this is how God did it for me, so this is the way he'll do it for you. If you just give 1995, that's not how it works, okay? Amen? Amen. But because sometimes, man, we get so struggle, we, we struggle so much with our frustrations in areas where we'll see someone being blessed, and we'll be like, how are they getting blessed? I want to go find out how they're getting blessed. Normally what we mean when we say blessed is we mean material things and money. Just being real. That's what a lot of people mean when they say that. That's what we've equated blessing to. And so we think, how are they getting money? And so we try to figure out how they're doing it, and then we want to do that too. And then when we do what they did, it doesn't work out the way that it worked out for them. Or if they had something happen in their lives that we want to happen in our lives, we'll try to do exactly what they did, and we're trying to make it a formula. And God's saying, I just want you to get to know me for who I am, not just what I give you or what I'm going to do for you. Amen? Because he's wanting to speak to you where you're at. And just because he did it one way for somebody, doesn't mean he's going to do it that way for everybody. So remember that. That's all throughout the New Testament. Be filled with the Spirit. This is a continual feeling that happens through various ways. Worship, prayer, fellowship. Uh, through giving him thanks. We see that in Ephesians 5 where he said, Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. So we can grow and, and be edified and be built up in our most holy faith. So we can be built up in the Spirit of God because uh, a lot of times we will begin to forget the goodness of God if we don't give thanks to Him. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we need to do those things and that enables us to be in a position where we're hearing from God. Listen, uh, listen to promptings that the Holy Spirit gives you in the little things. These are just a few ways that I just wanted to encourage you today to be able to hear from the voice uh, of the Lord. All of this, all of this, is so His glory can be revealed throughout the world because you know Him and you're willing to make yourself available to be used by His glory. Amen? Amen. He's just looking for us to be available. I tell my staff this. I want us to be really good at three things. Because, you know, in, in, in sports, they say you've got to get the fundamentals down, right? Well, here's the three things I encourage my staff that are the fundamentals of our walk as leaders and just as Christians that I think that we need to make sure that we're growing in. We need to grow and be people of prayer. Amen? Amen? Jesus said my house needs to be a house of prayer, right? So we need to not only take that as this building, but know ye not that you're the temple. Amen? This needs to be a house of prayer right here. So we need to begin to spend time in prayer. Second thing we need to do is we need to spend time in His Word and be people of His Word. And then the last thing I said we need to be really good at is being available. Prayer, reading the Word of God, and availability. So God can use us for His glory, so we can hear His voice. Amen? Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit WOGCC dot